Hey, it's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'm here today with my guest, my lovely guest, Susan Hamburger. Susan! Hey, Lisa. Hey. Get a little closer to the mic. Yes, ma'am. Hey, before we get started, I just want Tom Tenney to know, in case Tom Tenney, your station director, co-founder, um, he got a package. Susan, you, we brought it in. Tell, tell us what's on the package. Um, there's a package sitting right here next to me. What, what it, where's it from? Um, it's from Amazon. Tom got something from Amazon here? Apparently. I'd say it's bigger. It's about the size of a bread box. Yeah. What do you think's in it? I'm guessing books. Do you think it's books? I don't know. We're not going to open it, though. No. We're not. We're just not. Unlikely. Okay. Well, when we find out, we'll let you know what's in there. Because I know you're all dying to find out. Um, anyway, I'm very excited to have uh, – are you coughing, Susan? No, I'm very I'm excited to have uh, Susan Hamburger on today. She's a uh, close friend of mine who I've known for a long, long time, and uh, I've met her through uh, our mutual art interests and, and pursuits. And uh, Susan is currently sharing – or I should say my husband is currently sharing a studio with her, so I'm, we may be able to get some good gossip about him. Susan, does he d – do other women show up repeatedly when I'm not there, do you think? Have you ever noticed? Well, I can't say what's happening when I'm not there, but only you, Lisa. Only you. I'm the only woman that You're ever goes. You're the only woman that's shown up at the studio. To see for Phil. Phil. Okay, so we know we can't trust Susan now. That's okay. <laughs> that's a joke. I'm making a shocked face. Yeah. Um, but uh, so uh, Susan and I are going to uh, try and uncover uh, why she uses her uh, – Lack of a – this sounds crazy, but she uses her walk-in closet to, for, for discussion as a way to avoid real intimacy. But we're going to get to that in a minute. But first I want to talk to Susan about her upcoming exhibitions, one that I am so thrilled about. I, it's, it's at um, the hottest, the hottest show during Armory, Armory Week spring break. But before we get there, I'm going to do a little plug for the station. What do you think? Sounds Radio good. Free Brooklyn. I think you know what the thing is? This is what why it's so easy to do the plug because Susan, we're trying to get them to donate like the listeners to donate like to go to radiofreebrooklyn.com um, donate um, and check out the Oh, pledge, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. And to pledge uh, on Patreon a dollar a month, which is $12 a year. Don't you think that's pretty low? Very low. I mean, when you think about how, you know, people – like I get Kickstarters from friends and they want like 12 bucks just to say hello. You know, we'll send you a postcard from our – from our uh, residency or a vacation, something like that, you know, and this is like just 12, 12 bucks a year. And um, they've got a lot, you know, they do a lot of really good stuff for the community. They really do, you know, music education, literacy workshops for teens. How is that benefiting us? How is that benefiting me? I mean, they're incredibly generous. I guess some part of that maybe. New music showcases for Brooklyn bands and 
live broadcasts at festivals and events and it's going to be coming up soon since it's going to be warm out. Uh, so go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge and give us – even if it was like 50 cents, that would be six bucks. I mean even a poor artist could, could afford that. Don't you, who couldn't afford six bucks a year? You'd have to skip a latte though. Think about who you're asking. Yeah, I know. Or a beer more likely. Yeah, probably. Anyway, uh, so let's talk a little bit about your work and the show, and then we'll get into something really, like, uh, distressful. And then I'll call, cause, you, cause you a whole bunch of stress. I'm so let's, I'll get you it. stressed out. So talk about, your, talk about the show. Talk about the show. Okay, well, this show will be <clears> – <throat> excuse me. The show will be um, with Auxiliary Projects, which is Jennifer Dalton and Jennifer McCoy's project space that – is in Greenpoint, and um, I will be sharing the space and the exhibition with Sonia Blasovsky, who's another artist I really, really admire and enjoy her work. So we'll be working together, and the content of most of our work will be addressing issues to do with um, Penn Station as it's facing the um, Moynihan Station and some of the history behind the construction and destruction of the building. Plus, it's in a really old building. What what building? What's the building? How do you describe it? Well, it's the main post office, so it's what they call the skylight at Moynihan Station. Yeah, I mean, it's a really um, – this is like – this is like – I mean, Susan's work is amazing, and you should totally see it. But the opportunity to, like, see Spring Break, this show, it's the second year in this building, is incredible because it's not just, like, going to see art in, like, a gallery or something. It's in, like, this super old building, and it puts this really interesting vibe on everything. And it's not the particularly commercial show. I mean, they don't really try to... They're not pushing – it's not like, you know, it's not like a trade show where they're trying to push work. I mean it's really about the art and the art's usually really great. So you should go see Susan's work but really don't miss this. It's a whole week. What is it, a whole week or three yeah, days? I, I believe it's March 1st through the 7th. And what's the address? Ooh, that's a really good question. It's right. 8th Avenue between 33rd and 34th Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so Susan's work w- is going to be in an old office – space and her work um, is going to be made for that space. So you really, you you know, you got to go. Just kind of have to go. Maybe I'll see you there. I'll probably be at the opening. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I'll probably be at the opening. Um, And uh, you have another show coming up, right? Um, Yes, it's at Urban Glass. I believe it's opening next Wednesday. Oh, really? Yes. Did I know about this? Um, Probably not. And what is it? It was curated by... Oh, my God. Now you're putting me on the spot. Rachel Nachman, who is a curator for a work on paper collection, and now she's working independently. And this work is about artists who address glass as a subject matter but not working in glass. And I believe that work will be shown in conjunction with other glass works. So I have some older pieces where I did a lot of drawings, still life drawings of glass in pen and ink on paper. So that will be included in that exhibition. Oh, that sounds so – that sounds pretty awesome. Um, so anyway, like on, we were talking about what we were going to talk about and uh, 
you reminded me of a therapy session we had maybe over a year ago where uh, we talked about why you don't have a walk-in closet, right? Mm -hmm. Which I don't really remember. Can you refresh? You know, I have a lot of patients. I know. I mean, I I don't have a lot of patients, but I have a lot of people that I see. That's true. So can you you help us? Yes, we had a rather public conversation at um, a marathon event that was held at Momenta. I think it was already like three years ago. Um, yeah. It was a benefit for the 1% held by FIPCA. Ah, yes. FIPCA. Yes. So we, William we, Powell Haida and Guy Richard Smith were part of that. Right? Yes. And Jennifer and Kevin McCoy and yeah. Jennifer Dalton and yes. Lynn Sullivan and a whole yes. bunch of other people. Yep. Yes. That was, it was like a 24-hour thing. It was ridiculous. Yes. I think it was 12 hours, but nevertheless. All right. And so we had a therapy session and um, I vaguely remember, but what did we talk about? Oh, I don't. All I remembered was I said something really flippant about how I really wished I had a walk-in closet because I didn't want to talk about anything serious. And what did we talk about with your walk-in closet? I don't even remember, but you were your prescription for me was that I should befriend more people with walk-in closets. Hmm. So I didn't hmm. do that. I didn't follow your advice, Lisa. How do you know? <laughs> have you checked with all the people you've made friends with in three years? I don't know if I have any new friends. I doubt it. Uh, so, so the issue was that red that the walk-in closet was a red herring for really discussing anything. But maybe was it a symbol um, for, um, say, you know, making friends with people who have more um, realized home lives or something like that? Well, it might have been that I had this aspiration to organize my home, and therefore my life. Ah. Like I've bought into this home improvement ideology. So, well, I mean, um, I had forgotten about the session. It stuck with you. So how do you feel about it when you think about it now? Um, what, is, what, what does it bring up for you? That I enjoyed talking with you, but I knew that I was not really directly asking you anything that was important to me. Hmm. Or I was, but I was doing it in a manner that I thought would be funny. Ah, well, it was more of a it was a much more public forum in the sense that this is a pretty considered a public forum, but it but 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 we're alone here. Yeah, but and like there's about five or six people somewhere listening. Yeah, Um, who knows? Who knows? But you were in front of your friends. That's true, and that's a lot of pressure, especially. Especially your cool art friends. I mean, how could anyone possibly be themselves around, you know, William Powhida and Guy Richard Smith? I mean, seriously. You know, and Jen Dalton is a perfect person. I mean, really. She's perfection. I think she'd take issue with that characterization, but I know what you're saying. So, so, um... Yeah, I was there, too. Could be a little into... I mean, it's just different. It's just different. Um, like we're probably having a lot of counter-transference right now because we know each other. This isn't very orthodox in therapy at all. Yeah. I, I feel certain I'm counter-transferring right now. Really? <laughs> Certainly. Oh, you're worrying about – I know you well enough. You're worrying about what I'm thinking and how you sound. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're not in the That's... moment at all. <laughs> Lighten up, Susan. Everything's fine. Just fucking Relax. Isn't this great you can say fuck on this radio show? It is, but I'm not going to. Okay. Oh, I'd okay. like to, but I'm not going to. Okay. 
Um, I might. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold that because I might. you have you you teach you teach and you don't want to. Uh, yeah, just in case some children that I work with are you know looking. Oh, me up when they online. find out, your students find out about this, man. Yeah, yeah. you're 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 going to be blown. Your cover. So, Susan, what do you think? Like, uh, what do you think is something that you might want to talk about that you might be willing to not avoid? Well, I think we were talking about when I brought that up to you, it was about my tendency to want to use humor to deflect. But I think that that's an issue that I never get called out on. So I'm giving you the opportunity to call me out. Now. Oh, that you used humor to deflect, deflect from? Again, from talking about anything serious so, or deeply personal. So, so um, is that – so? Are you saying that you just generally don't like to talk about anything deep or personal? Well, certainly not in public or in front of other people. But I'm so when apparently would, doing it now. So so when would you? When so when would you like when you're alone with a friend? Well, yeah, like the way you and I would talk when we're not on microphone. So you consider that a fairly direct conversation? Yeah, without a lot of deflecting humor. Definitely. So where do you think the deflecting humor came from? Um, can so, I just blame it on my mom? Um, yeah, if you give us a good reason. Sell it then. No, that would be a cheap shot. Um, I don't really know where it comes from. Well, probably somewhere in your uh, middle school years or maybe even earlier. Middle school. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't even remember middle school except for like three incidents. Were you so. made fun of? Um, what about your name? Let's just talk about that. Sure, let's. Is do that, that okay? Yeah, because totally. I know that your your students have 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 you have you have let me know that your students have made fun of your name. Some of them have, and some of them haven't. So but, it really depends on the population I'm working with, how willing they are to let it go and just move on after they hear it for the first time. Oh, okay. So like the name hamburger, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's not. I mean, I'm so over it, and I, I mean, adults can handle that. You'd be surprised. But it's an unusual name, no? Um, I actually know of quite a few other Susan Hamburgers, and I personally know another one who lives in New York. It's, so it's not that uncommon, actually. Mm. Do you? Th I find it uncommon. Do you? Do you think other people? Is it common to find it uncommon? Yes. Okay. So when you were growing up, was that ever like that's the kind of thing that children? Would focus on well, yeah. So I'm to make sure. fun of and stand. It would make you stand out as a child, right? Just so like I, having red hair, bright red hair, or any of those other silly things that you know. Yeah. So perhaps that's where the defensive sense of humor comes. Do you from, think is so? What you're driving at. Um, possibly. You have to either you have to find a way to answer back or stand up for yourself if you're getting picked on for your name, which you didn't pick <laughs> or choose for yourself. So did you ever have discussions about it with your family? Probably you don't remember. This is interesting. I think you're. I think you're blocking. I think you're going to need a lot of therapy. You got to come in and like do the lay down Freudian thing. You know, like five days a week to get to this. No, that's. And then you have to pay me. This is all a sales. All right. Well, call. we'll work that out. Afterwards. No, but um, but um. Was it the kind of thing that kids make fun of? No, absolutely. I I'm sure that. I definitely know we talked about because I wanted to know how it came to be that it was hamburger. It wasn't hamburger talked originally. Talked about it with your family. With my family, yes. But I didn't have the kind of conversation, say, that my niece and nephew have 
with my brother about, like, can we change our name at age, you know, six and seven because they're being made fun of and they don't <laughs> like it and, you know. So what about that? What, like, what did, what, do you remember the conversation from when you were a little girl with your parents? Well, I think there was some discussion about jokes that, like, names they would have given us as first names so that when they called Roll and our names were reversed, like, they they ruled out naming my brother Roland. <laughs> Roland Hamburger. Yeah. Roland, Roland Hamburger. Yes. And my parents didn't want to give me anything too complicated as a first name because they didn't want me to be extra made fun of. Like so, Patty. So, um. Hamburger. It's interesting that um, your parents did so. Your so it was it was brought up. Yeah, but it's interesting because you, you. It seems like it's a little. It's a little. Uh, we had to dig. We had to dig a little bit. Well, I don't think about it very much. You don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. I also don't get the sense of any of the specifics of any of the conversations. In what way? Like. You know, I don't hear usually. Usually, when people talk about, I think quite often, I should say, when people talk about discussions like that, they'll say, "Well, my mother said this, or my father said that." It seems very distant. I'm going to oh, say that. Yeah. Maybe some of those conversations were distant. You're you're um, making. She, this is like really good. We're making Susan. It's so easy to make you uncomfortable. This is awesome. Who said I'm uncomfortable? It's the faces. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, no, I'm, I'd rather not cast blame on one or the other of my parents. The conversations took place, I don't even know, so long ago. I don't really remember okay. much more than that. So do you remember being – so what – so you – but so it is something you were made fun of. Do you think – Oh, it, well, that, of course, I remember that. But yeah. I don't remember specifically. Like I just remembered kids that I considered to be sort of stupid anyway making fun of my name and – you would just move on? Did um, it affect you or how did it make you feel as a kid? Well, it it stopped after a while. You know, you grow up in a certain population that's sort of fixed and you have – you meet all these kids. The kids who are going to make mm-hmm. fun of you make fun of you and then you kind of age out of it because everyone's used to your name. Oh, where did you grow up? In Massachusetts. And so how big was your school? Um – God, I don't even know. I guess there were like three classes on each grade. Mm-hmm. And then when you got to, so it was a small school. And then when you went to college, where'd you go to school? You went to college. Yeah, I went to college. Where? Where? I went to Brandeis. Oh, I didn't. Did I know that? I so have no idea. Smarty pants. So when you went only to, people in New York say smarty pants. Everywhere else, they go, "What's that?" So, uh, so you went to school with smart people, probably. But what's a conversation with your nieces and nephews? with your brother about like what's that like for them um i don't know i just know that they're not happy with the last name and what is your brother's point of view um i don't really know what he's told them probably that they can change it when they get older huh probably oh there's so like not a lot of communication going on in this family no i think we just we're both over it we just like don't take it seriously it's like we we decided not to change our names. I have one cousin who changed her name after she got married, and her brother completely changed his name so that he would not have to deal with the last name mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you you are a very private person, right? You're a private person masquerading as a a funny. Uh, 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 Outgoing person? 
I'm not private. I'm shy. Oh, Jesus. Now we're going to get into the discussion about how you you wanted to be on the show. Yeah, but being shy doesn't mean that I'm not interested in – there's different levels of shyness. And doing this is not one of my issues of shyness. Shyness has to do with, like, one-on-one communication. Uh, so you're you, – so that's intimacy, being alone with somebody. You say shy. I mean, you say intimacy. I say shy, whatever. I don't know. I think shyness is um, – I think it's usually fairly a biological – biological. I mean, there is a biological component to it. People are naturally shy. Yeah, or maybe it's this conversation that has been going on lately between – about the difference between introverts and extroverts. So maybe it's more accurate to say I'm introverted. Yes, yes. I would say that's probably true. Do you want to expand on that? No. Okay. So Susan likes to be home by herself. Perhaps that's a good characterization. (laughs) It's not that there aren't any invitations or things like that. It just takes a lot to motivate you to be around other people. I admire that. See, I always well, feel like I'm missing missing everything where you're like much more self-contained. Well, I used to worry I was missing everything and I don't anymore. See, that's great. I want to get to that point. Uh, you know. I think that's great. So, how are you feeling about the show? What else is going on in your life? Let's let's get let's get this going. All what right, else? Well, I'm just working on the show. And and how are you feeling about it? Um, pretty good. I still have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. But you've made a lot. You're, I've you've made got, a lot you've of got progress. Pretty much. Yeah, I you made a lot of progress much. this week. And how and um, how is it as far as like the whole planning of it and getting it out there and getting it like you know with the other artists and all that? Well, I think we're going to have to just see what happens when it all comes together in the room. You know, mm-hmm. with a site specific installation. There's. There's only so much planning you can do. And then when you're working with another, in conjunction with another artist, you really have to figure it out and negotiate the space. Oh. Are you <laughs> going to get in a fight with her? Did I say that? I don't know. <laughs> I I'm not going to get in a fight I with wanna her. I want to be there. <laughs> I think you should try to get in a fight with her. We already met in the space. <laughs> we talked about how we're going to partition uh, a portion you know what you, we need. You know what you could do. You could get. You could sort of like see the what. See, see, see it first with like getting uh, conversations going with Jen and Jen, the curators, and try and get them like riled up about something that you're worried about. And then like when they when you guys all meet, it could just explode. Yeah, right? we're a bunch of nice middle aged ladies. We're not going to be getting I mean, in a fist fight. Do that. <laughs> Think, if you want to come instigate Lisa, you can I think do you should that. totally, you know, say something like, um, you know, the other person hasn't been that generous about, like, making sure that I'm going to have room for my my stuff and I'm a little concerned. Say that right. Let's see, you know, put that out there right now. Will you away. write that down for me? I'm, I'm going to call them. I'll tell them. We should just talk about it now. So let's talk about um, what it's like sharing a space with my husband. That's fun. I think he might be listening. He might be. He might be one of the five people listening. He might be. And maybe his uh, his kid is listening, too. He may be in the room. His I don't adult, know if he's listening. His adult grown-up kid. Mm-hmm. Might be. Because yeah. he's been, been there the last few days. Yes, he has. Yeah. I know where this is going. <laughs> Go for it, Lisa. <laughs> so let's talk about the key incident. Okay. <laughs> what you call the key incident in the air quotes. <laughs> the key incident. Go ahead. No, you know what, Susan? Go I'm ahead. afraid that if we talk about the key incident, we're never going to get back to you. 
Well, the key key incident, no, I think it could be very insightful. All right, okay. As to what I'm like as a a landlord. A dynamic. (laughs) So it's Susan's space, and uh, Phil, my husband, uh, has a room in the space. And there's three rooms, and Susan has one, Rebecca has one, Phil has one. And Phil has been helping his... His son, Christopher, uh, with his portfolio, Christopher's been working in the space. And Phil gave Christopher a key. But he didn't – he had a key made and he gave it to him. But he didn't mention it to you first. No, he did not. And he showed up there. Well, he Christopher was – Christopher was there when know. I walked in. Yeah. He didn't know. How and could he? How could he? Uh, and he just – so so then uh, you texted Phil – and then uh, Phil got – Phil was, you know, he was a little – I think he felt bad. He felt bad. I didn't mean to make him feel bad. No, he felt bad. And then he um, – I, I had to uh, talk him down a little bit. I told him I thought he was wrong. I just wanted him to tell me. I was just surprised when I walked in and Christopher was there. But it wasn't a big deal. I just would have liked no, him to have told me deal. first. But I did. He got upset, and then I said, "I think you know. I think you should. I think you should have told her." And then he con- So, what did he say to you? He said, "Sorry, I should have told you. I made a key." And I said, "Yeah." He because he got locked out once. It is an issue. I've done it too. But I have a spare key with somebody else in the building. Right. So he said, "I should have told you." Yeah, so he- it was fine. I don't know. I've I've had a lot of. Um, problems with some of my studio mates so I'm very invested in having things go smoothly with Phil so how what is Phil like in the studio he's really quiet and he does his work and um, he's an ideal studio mate I know he's listening does he seem really focused yes very focused he's like really into scanning those pictures right he now he is right? been listening to his scanner now for a couple months yeah yeah do you think he's getting a lot done I think so yeah. It seems like it, yeah. Yeah. He uses the studio a lot. I, he's winding up using it more than I thought. Yeah, this seems to be an issue for you, Lisa. Maybe we should talk about it. What, getting Phil out of the house? That he's been in the studio more than you actually thought he would be. No, but still not enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you're going to have to encourage him. I do. I do. Yes. So, what do you think the whole? What do you think of the whole? Uh, the whole art week. The whole. The whole. The whole art spring art. What, t- tell me about. Tell me about the spring break show. What do you think about all the hullabaloo? At- the hullabaloo. I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to that because I'm just trying to get my work done. But I'm excited to be part of it. I know last year it was really one of my favorite things during Armory Week. I think that people. You know, everyone talks about fair fatigue. I think that there's just so much you can do and see and um that stood out to me as being a bit different than the other shows again because like you said it's lack of focus on the commercial i mean things are for sale but Mm -hmm. they have a different model for selection and the way they the show functions so um yeah i'm really i'm excited to be part of it yeah i mean the thing about that fair that seems better is a the building is nice Right. Yeah, the building's really. I mean, and and it's not commercial. Do they sell work or what? What's no, the deal? work is for sale. Do people? Oh, that's right. They they also sell it on Paddleade or something. Or on no, a, I think this year it's on Artsy. Right. So you can buy it that way, but you don't get this feeling when you're there that they're 
it's like it's not like like some of the big fairs are more like trade shows, and this seems more really about the work. Right? Yeah, well, the the spaces each have very different character um, because mm-hmm. of what was left behind or from the previous office space, and just and each space is distinct mm-hmm. from the next, so it really influences the way the work looks in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of the spaces are still really rough and mm-hmm. the one, like the one we're going to be in is much more a finish type of mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. with a lot of, um, you know, period detail still in the space. Right, right. So you've been like very, you've been really an art person in the art world for, for a long time, like longer, longer, than, longer than, certainly longer than I've been. Do I don't know about that. I think so. Well, but you make you you earn a living teaching, right? Yeah, predominantly. Yeah. So you kind of have been able. You've worked out your life because you went to Brandeis. So you worked out your life in a way that you can make art and your your work life and your art life kind of you know much more symbiotic. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there there's an element to teaching where, yes, you bring in your knowledge and experience, but sometimes, you know, you can't really or – and sometimes I wish it didn't overlap so much. I feel like you expend a lot of energy on something where the kids are sometimes into it, sometimes not, and you're like, I wish I were mm. teaching English as a second language instead sometimes. Which you could probably do? Uh, not currently. But you probably could. If you wanted to, that's a good. Ne- that's another good career move you could make. Yeah, I'm not going back to school because the Chinese have a lot of money. They're investing in art. You oh, know? here we go. <laughs> but um, the thing is, is that um, you have um, more than more than actually teaching. I think you ha- more than actually just the act of teaching. What I think you've done is managed to. Um, one of the things I admire is that you've managed to work out a work-life balance where you're not at a nine-to-five job every day and you do have a lot of studio time more than more than you would if, you know, like a really good balance where you're not, I know you're not rich, but you seem to make an okay living, you know. Yeah. You always I'm, look clean thank and fed. You. I try. And I know you have a home. I've I seen do. it. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you know, you have a uh, you have um, a really good work-life balance, I think. Do you? Yeah, that's I mean, one I, of the things that I think is a big achievement of yours, or yeah. something I admire about you. Well, thanks. Can you I, handle it? It's a compliment. <laughs> thank Go you, for Lisa. It. Well, I'd rather teach less, frankly. I feel like it, it's been harder to balance it this year because I have been working more, which I needed to. But yeah, but but um, you you have enough gigs. I mean, it's also like you don't have one regular gig like some people do, like where you just go. You you they change the teaching jobs have changed. They have right? changed. They, they they you have to get like there are times when you regularly are looking for work too, right? Yeah, actually, it hasn't happened in a while, which is good. So I've yeah. sort of I've made it more regular. I have a more set schedule than I used to, which is a big deal. Well, it's helpful in being able to schedule studio time for sure. And then it's also easier than like, I mean, I know teaching children is its own, has its own good and bad, uh, you know, but teaching um, at a college level or university level um, is a lot more uh, demanding, isn't it? I think it depends. You You have to make up all, you have to really like, you know, make up heavy duty shit for people to, you know, 
you know, you got you got to know shit. I mean, I know you know shit, but you know what I'm saying. Well, I've done both. I, I, I don't know. I think there, there. It's physically more demanding to work with younger students. Um, it should be intellectually more demanding to work with college level students, but sometimes they don't come to you ready to work at that level. So you're doing a lot of remediation. What's remediation a euphemism for? You have to go. You have to backtrack. They didn't learn a lot of stuff before they came to you. Oh, so you mean you've got to, like, go back to the uh, stuff you're teaching the uh, elementary school kids? I I tend to teach the same things and just use different vocabulary. What do you think think your students think about you as a teacher? What do you you imagine – what do you imagine that they – that they – your – what do you think your role in their lives are? How does it – what do you think – what do you – do you think about them? What's that relationship like? Well – I think sometimes as a teacher, you care about them more than they care about you in the moment. And then you do, except for the ones that really stand out, you do tend to forget as they pass through and move on. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. But do you think they think you're strict? Do you think that they think... Do do you? I know I'm not very strict. Do you think there's a side of you that they... Like, what what do you think they see, see about you? Well, I think they realize I'm serious about art and I'm trying to teach them something meaningful that I'm not just giving them, mm-hmm. you know, markers and crayons and telling them to fill stuff in. Like I'm really trying to educate them just so they can be more visually astute and aware of their surroundings or if they're looking at art or whatever. Um, I'm authoritative. That's the technical term. Not authoritarian. So there's permissive, authoritative, and authoritarian. That's an ascending order of Ah, meanness. my issue. You got to – oh, what does that mean? So authoritarian, you know, Mm -hmm. think about governments. That would be the strictest. You know, it's like you're the teacher, you're the head of the class, you hit people with a – no, I'm kidding. You don't hit anybody. But – and then authoritative is your – you're leading the class, but you allow students to have input. There's discussion, and permissive mm-hmm. means you know you let them do whatever. Uh huh. So is that is that a hard part of teaching? Yeah, children absolutely. It, that, discipline. That, but the but the balance between letting them be who they are and then keeping them in control. Yes, absolutely. And, and being productive, really, right? Yeah. It can be hard. I mean, I've had classes where we had to spend the entire period talking about their behavior. We didn't get to make any art. Really? And that's no fun. No, it sucks. I don't like doing that. Wow. Like, what is that like? Like, what do you talk about? <laughs> I don't like, what, what you do don't you mean their behavior? No. I really want to know now. <laughs> no, it's not interesting. <laughs> really? Oh, no. Those are like the worst classes where you have to have a conversation and ask them, why do you think we're not making any art today? You know, they like raise their hands and like like they're self-aware enough to have the discussion, but not enough to control themselves. And it's just like, it's so do you so do you wind up getting angry? How do you feel? Do you wind up getting angry at them? Do you wind up getting angry at their parents? Does it make you sad? What do you feel no, like occasionally after that? I get angry and I'll raise my voice. And when I do raise my voice, then afterwards I go, I'm sorry, I had to raise my voice. And they look at me and they go like, what? Because to them, that's not even yelling, which then that makes me sad that that doesn't seem like yelling to them. So you so you wind up if they're re- like if you have a bad class and they're really out of control. Do you feel like these are kids who are being ignored at home and it's sad? No, because that generally that that doesn't necessarily correlate. Mm-hmm. 
some of them are used to getting everything they want, and so they're just uh. acting out or, you know, they're asking for things. They're just asking to do whatever they want to mm-hmm. do. They don't care that there's a lesson. They don't see it as being part of a sequence mm-hmm. or anything. They, they're not old enough, some of them, mm-hmm. to even understand that I planned anything for them. Does working with children, like, does <clears throat> that inform your view of adults? Like, do you feel like there's things that you see in children that you can sort of, like, oh, that makes, like, oh, that's why people are like that? I don't know that I've thought about it that way. You know, I work mostly with middle school students, and everybody says, like, oh, how can you stand it? But I actually really understand how they think. Like, even though it makes it difficult for me, I kind of understand they are defiant. They don't respect authority. They want to do what they want to do. They're impulsive. I mean, like, I do get it. Oh, uh, you understand them. Yeah, I do get it. I feel like that a lot of the time. You feel like that yourself? <laughs> yes, I feel like I'm 13. So, so, Susan, you're kind of stuck in middle school. That's what we're learning here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's good. We have a, we'll work on changing your name. What would you like? Like, if you were going to make – like, have you ever thought about that, what your name would be? Like, if you were, like, I'm going to have a different name. Yeah, I don't Did mind. you ever have name envy? No, I, yes, but I, I it never really cared about the last name. I just didn't like Susan, especially now that it's gone the way of, like, Edith and Ethel. No offense to Edith. My mother's name is Ethel. Well, you, so you know but what I'm Ethel's talking about. But Ethel's a really u- ugly name, Ethel. Susan doesn't – it has nice – But it's very old-fashioned. But I mean, it has like, nice sounds. Yeah, but – I would have preferred to be like Samantha, Sam Hamburger. Oh, that would have been a cool name. That's Oh, that's a great idea, yeah. Sam. Yeah. That's kind of sexy, good. right? Yeah, it would have been a good name. Yeah, yeah. So um, teaching is great because then you get some time off in the summer too. Yeah, I'm on vacation right now. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's why, why you're here. here. That's right. Right, right. So um, there was something I was going to say. So the teaching – Teaching is, is, I mean, most people aren't around kids that much unless they have them, right? I guess. So how do you, how do you I mean, you would, what do you think about having kids? Do you think most parents are happy doing it? Or how do you think the kids relate to their parents? Do you get that? Do you ever, do the parents get involved very often? Not so much in the situations where I'm working, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm generally there. I I have one situation where I'm on a staff, but I'm usually working through an organization or museum or an uh, institution, and I'm in the school, but I have very little contact with parents. Mm-hmm. So, Susan, I feel some resistance coming from you. What are you talking about? Let's talk about something personal. You brought up the teaching thing. Okay. Switch topics. Go ahead. It's your right, show, Lisa. I know. I know. I know. Um, well, tell me more what, what, about what's going on in your life. Well, that's the thing. There's nothing very interesting to tell you there. So that's probably why we started talking about the teaching. Or maybe we're avoiding some elephants. Maybe. I think there is an elephant, actually. You do? I'm not going to talk about it now. No way. No way. No way. If there is one, and I'm not saying there is. There might be. There might be. Who knows? I don't know. Um. Tell me something that you notice about Phil that you don't think I know, that I don't notice. Can you do that? No, I can't even imagine something I would know. Really? Yeah. Like, I leave, you know, he does his work. We leave each other alone. Yeah, you don't have that much to do with each other. Well, we had a conversation before I came over here. You did? Yeah. 
<laughs> we did. <laughs> what did he say? He told me that you were coming to pick me up at 1.15. That's not a conversation. Well, we talked about it. Do you hear him and Christopher talking? Him no, and they're, his son? No, they're really quiet. Really? Yeah, they're very quiet. I told you. Very respectful. Maybe that's something you don't believe when I tell you that. That they're respectful yeah, of you? Yeah, quiet and respectful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe maybe part of the reason there's – yeah, it's hard. You know what? It's a little like group therapy. Mm-hmm. In group therapy, you're not allowed to, to have anything to do with the people outside of the room because that way um, being in the room wouldn't be safe with them. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's kind of the inverse. Like if you don't have any th- – because you guys see each other out socially – so if you have a lot to do with each other in the room, in the group, in the in the small group, then it could make things more stressful out. That's how I would feel. You know, like that's like when so you you're so saying, like you know how like you ever work you know how like you see people from work every day? You've been in that situation. Mm. She's looking so confused. That means everyone is confused. (laughs) No, it means that I haven't really been in that kind of situation. You've never been in a – you've really managed to avoid – I've managed to avoid full-time work. No, you've really managed to avoid that. You really have managed to avoid the other people. The introversion is really, really working for you. You love – you're happy being an introvert. I have to play to my strengths, Lisa. You're happy being an introvert. No, I mean I worked in an office, but I wasn't there every day, and I didn't have to – I was really glad I didn't have to see those people five days a week. And wow. they were probably really glad they didn't have to deal with me either. So do you ever get lonely? Sure. And then what Sometimes. happens? Then I can just go do out. Do you make a phone call? Oh, I almost never call anybody anymore. Because who calls anyone? I know. That's it's really changed a lot. You text a lot, right? Certain people, yeah. I, do, you, do you have friendships where you text regularly? Well, just some people insist on only texting. So you have to deal with them how they want to communicate with you. I know. I think so, too. But I won't text. I think that I've actually l- lost friendships because I don't like to have text relationships. Well, if the whole basis of the relationship is texting, then that's, you know... You can't really – can you make something meaningful happen on a text? No, you can plan. Planning. Exactly. Yeah. That's the real way to use text. Yeah, and communicating with people who are not nearby. Mm-hmm. You can send them things quickly. It's faster than email. You know. So anyway, I think that theory is true, though, about um, – see, if you, if you had relationships that function in an office – then you would it would be uncomfortable being out of the office. All right, so you're saying that Phil and I don't get into any real conversation because we have to you see each Phil other outside. You Phil and Rebecca. You Phil and Rebecca. Well, Rebecca's just not there that much for work reasons and when we see each other. But it's the, well, we don't see each other socially but it's that the, much either. it's the three of you. Yeah, it but is, we're rarely there at the same time. Oh, okay. Phil well, and I overlap more than anybody but, else. But, I mean, it's really your studio. You've had it for, for years, and, mm-hmm. and you've managed it extremely well. And oh, I, well. And you have the lease, and I know it's a good value for everyone concerned, and people are fortunate enough to get mm-hmm. a really good studio. It's in, a, you know, it's in the 56 Bogart building. I mean, it's a good studio. It's true, Susan. You can't handle it. Um. So anyway, are we going to be talking after this? Are we? (laughs) Are we? We're probably going to have to debrief. Let's debrief now.
Really? Yeah. How do you think it went? We've got 15 minutes. To talk about how it went? <laughs> well, I'm giving you a hard time, right? Um, no, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm getting that feeling, Lisa. I'm not giving you enough to work with. No, I'm feeling like uh, we we um, we're jumping around a little. We jumping are jumping around a little, are we? Well, that's okay. Seems okay. like the nature of conversation to just kind of flow so. wherever it goes. Would you prefer that it be more organized? No, no but here's what I'm thinking right now. What I'm yeah. thinking right now is that I want to like I've got two thoughts. I'm like. What should we talk about, uh, or should we should we debrief, or should we talk about why I think that you don't? And it's not just Phil. Like why it's not comfortable to have a relationship for you, and probably in with the people in your studio. But that's a supposition you made. It's not actually true. It's not. No. Have you ever had a close friend that's been in your studio? Well, yeah, the person who's been in there the longest is someone that I'm friends with. We don't see each other that much. But you now. don't see each other. But Have you ever had a close friend of somebody in your studio with somebody in your studio that you've hung out with them in the studio and then outside the studio? Well, I think that the studio is a work environment, and so people, especially you know, at a certain age when you're feeling a certain way about what you're doing in there, it, you don't really want to hang out that much. You have limited time sometimes. You just need to get your work done. Mm-hmm. So there's some socializing, but not very much. It's not like, you know, we're all in the loft hanging out, yeah, you know, right, drinking right, beer, right. coffee, whatever. So no, now, have you like had that. roommates in your life? <clears throat> I haven't had a roommate in 20 years. Okay, so 20 years ago when you had a roommate, how was that? I didn't like her. You didn't like it, did you? No. She was a terrible roommate. Why? Because she she was a human? Because <laughs> I had to share space with her. Because she was another human? No. Come on, I'm not that bad. If you see Susan on the street, definitely be friendly. She's a lovely, bright, interesting, funny person. But don't like, you know, don't don't like, uh, you know, try to like ask her to move in or You're acting like I hate people. Borrow, don't borrow things. Don't lend yeah, her you things. Don't get too involved. Don't get too deeply involved. Well, my experience has been that your roommates borrow stuff and they break it. So that's you know. Uh-huh. So w- there's probably something you know about me that you would say. What would you say? That if, what, what's something that you haven't told me about me that you would? S- Let's try it the other well, way. Well, my favorite story is that you don't remember. When when we actually first met, because we were in a show together. Oh, where was that? It was a big gen art show in the 90s. Oh, you And that was where I first encountered your work. Oh, and the one that Ryan McGinnis was in. Yeah, I guess so. The art market show. Yes, that show. And we were both in it. We were. were and you, I have some of your matches. Oh, were you there the whole time? Like I was the whole there. weekend? I was. And it was and I never and I, it was that was a, such a fun weekend. I don't know. I, too many people. It was too many people. It was also in the nineties when everything was sponsored by alcohol. So I got myself in a little trouble with a gallery that had been interested in my work and I said some dumb shit to them and you know yeah blaming yourself or no I'm blaming absolute vodka (laughs) (laughs) that was a really fun that was a really fun show it was was a big warehouse and a lot of starting out artists were Mm -hmm. in it and it was pretty well curated Mm -hmm. and and we were in it and we were yeah it was a big big it was like my first 
real show. Yeah. No, yeah. and I remember really liking your work and thinking, she's very funny. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah, I had so I was a fan. Gifts of my old boyfriends all lined up there and uh, mental alert bracelets, uh-huh. the low self-esteem ones that David Ross, David Ross bought something from me. Nice. Yeah. So. But that's not very personal. You know what? This is so funny because I am like really trying hard to like get to be personal with you. This is true, Susan. This is what's going on here. Really? Let's just wrap it up. Yes. And I am like having a really hard time because at one point I um, am your friend and yes. I care about you and but I want I'm... need you to like me. Uh huh. But on the other hand, I really want to get you to spill something. Because I'm not helping you make good radio, right? Well, <laughs> it's it's about the work. Right. But it's true, Susan, isn't it? I just want to put that out there now because we're going to wind up talking about it afterwards, don't you think? We have 10 minutes left. We do. Okay, well, what is it that you think I'm trying to hide from you, Lisa? I don't think it's that you're trying to hide anything. Um, I'm trying to get to, like, some feelings that you're having. Like, how do you feel about me just saying that? Let's try that. Well, I feel like you're trying to goad me into revealing something personal, but because outside of this environment, you know some very personal things about me that I can't talk about on the radio, I want to, I guess I'm trying to protect my privacy. See, we're going right back to that. Yes, but see, what's really interesting is um, I am very interested in protecting your privacy. I understand that, too. I told you on the way over here, I trust you. Yes, but it's really funny because in a certain way, I feel like it's hard for you to let down your guard. Could be. Which is totally cool because this is really interesting. Are you upset? No, I'm not Oh, upset. okay. <laughs> not yet? No. Okay, well. I we'll... can get there if you want. No, no. I'm laughing silently, so you're making it sound like I'm sitting here all, like, uptight and upset. <laughs> I'm actually trying to laugh away from the microphone because you're making me laugh. I am making you laugh. You are laugh. making me laugh. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, I just know that your listeners are going to want to know, like, like what what's going on in there. So what do you do in your – you have a lot of – you. so you're, you like to stay home. You like to stay home. I, you make it sound like I'm a shut-in, Lisa. <laughs> now, what do you do when you're home alone? Let's hear about that. How's that? I think about how I need to work on fixing my house, and then I watch stuff on the internet. On the internet? Yeah, because I don't have a TV. But I'm not going to say I don't watch TV, because the things I watch are TV things. So, so like, what do you watch? All kinds of junk. Junk TV? Yeah, I'm really bad. Do you feel guilty about it? Mm, Sort of. Sort of? A little bit. Just that I'm wasting a lot of time. But you work hard during the day? I think so. I feel like I don't drink alone at home, so I'm just shutting down my brain by watching junk. Uh, So it's either. Well, some of it's quality, but some some of it's crap. Is it it something something worthy of a Brandeis graduate? Probably not. Um, So. So um, you tell me about fixing your house because that was a theme before. Yeah, it was. It's a it's a never ending um, sort of thing that never gets done. So like maybe if you had roommates, they would fix it for you. No, that oh god. <laughs> 
What a horrifying thought. So what is it about your home? No, it's just really crappy old building, and it's falling apart. And the, Is there much you could do about it? No. Some of it's structural. The landlord should really deal with it. Mm-hmm. And some of it's just that it needs a coat of paint and new furniture, and basically it needs an overhaul. And do you think about doing that? I think about it, and then I'm like, oh, I'll just go to my studio. And you're comfortable there? Yeah. I mean, that's a really well, nice yeah, place. Yeah, that's where my work is. is. So, yeah. yeah, so you want to put your energy into your art and your art studio instead of your home, right? Yeah. You're such a cliché artist, you know? You really, I know. You are. You're a cliché. Is this what you imagined was going to happen in your life? When, when, when you went to Brandeis, did you picture, like, that you were going to have a whole life as an artist? Oh, I don't know what I pictured. Probably not, no. What did you think? What did you study? I did study art, but I pretended for a really long time that I was studying political science. So that, I mean, I'm still very interested in that, and it yes, ties and into it ties my work. Into your work. Yeah, sure. exactly. But I definitely wasn't going to law school or anything like that. So I gave that up. Oh, I see. Sort of close to the end. You didn't want to go to law school? No. Because. I didn't like the people that were heading there. Because of the damn people. You know, it's really funny because um, I've been in situations that I don't like the people, but I will do what I want to be in, like, the class or the school or the program or whatever it is, and I'll ignore them. But you're sensitive to the people. No, I mean, I just saw who was heading off there. I'm kidding around. Some of them were lovely people, and I did end up doing a lot of work with lawyers over the years to support myself. But on... I, you know, it just wasn't the path for me to take. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, lawyer. I can't picture it, I guess. Well, I don't know. I'm argumentative. Yeah. So what's this, what's the aspect of Susan that was the radio, the radio, you were a DJ in college, Yeah, right? very briefly, yeah. So what was that like? What What part of Susan was that? Um... I don't know. It was a part of me then that was really interested in music, which I'm not anymore. But, you know, knowing things before other people did. Then the other part of me that was like, um, you know, calling people up and shaming them for playing Billy Joel when they were supposed to be playing new music, you know. Oh, wow. Yes. So what happened with the music that you're not interested in? Is it the music? Um, No, I just think that I kind of, maxed out on it? I don't know what it was, yeah. And I just, once I discovered talk radio, that was more interesting to me to listen to. While I was working, I could tune in and out of it. Oh, so you listen to talk radio? Yeah, so I mean, I started out listening to right wing and just screaming at the radio, and then that was too agitating. And You listen to right wing radio? I did a long time ago. So that you could have a place to put your anger? Yeah, well, I don't know if I did that consciously, but I enjoyed screaming at Rush Limbaugh when I was listening to him. That's very funny. Yeah, and then there was this other really horrible conservative guy in New York. Um, like This was in the 90s. Bob Grant. Yeah, I used to scream at him, too. I mean, these guys were horrible. Like, Bob Grant was an absolute horrible racist. And then there were some other people. But then, like, I don't know, I was fiddling with the dial, and I found WNYC, and I switched over. Oh, and what do you listen to now? Um, well, I generally listen to WNYC in the morning. And what is it? 
Is it to news? Brian Lehrer. Yeah, it's news. It's like it's local, news. Lo- local, usually news. local politics and news mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And but and then I was when Air America was around. I listened to that oh. in the afternoon because I could get agitated, but like in a with a oh. left wing slant. Oh, so politics is sort of something. So you're really interested in politics. But again, I'm you know Air America went off the air, and then the affiliate that carried some of those people also disappeared and got turned into a Spanish language station. And um, so now you're just gonna now you listen to radio podcast and Radio Free Brooklyn. Yes, of course. Yeah, because it's the best station in the entire uh, north northern hemisphere. Exactly. So of course you Mm -hmm. would listen to it. I would. How could you not? How could I not? We have four minutes left, Susan. Okay. So so what do you think? Do you want? Do you? you, did you throw your coffee out before you came I in I did. Here? I spilled it all out. It was cold. Really? Well, yeah. that's good. And um, so you're going to have to finish up your project soon? Yes. Is I'm that where you're going back? back to the studio. And Phil, Phil and Christopher are probably there. Probably. Yeah? Do Listening. You, yeah. Do you think, do you think they're going to talk to you? Probably no. now. They're just going to ignore me. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they'll just be silent they when you walk in. They might shun me. You know, it's too bad that we told Tom that his book was here because we probably could have just st- sold it. Probably. Given but if it we it away as a gift to somebody. Yeah, but we would have had to open it. It would have made all that horrible sound, which isn't really good and on the mic. And we're, like, way too uptight to do something <coughs> like that, don't you think? Well, we I are. It's so rule-breaking. I just wouldn't occur to me to open it, Lisa. Uh, well, my mother, you know, used to, like, tell me all the time, like, how – Lucky I was that she wasn't opening my mail. You know, here's your mail. You know, I didn't open it. Here's <laughs> your mail. I didn't open it. It's like I didn't hit you. I know. That's what she was like. You know, I didn't open your mail. I would never open your mail. I would go through your clothes. You know, I think one time my mother actually, when I was 17 um, in high school, I let some guy take nude photos of me. Nice. And they were, uh, I looked a lot better in those days. And uh, they were nice, beautiful black and white prints. Mm -hmm. And I hid them in my drawers. And I think they were artistic. They were pretty artistic. It was my friend's boyfriend. They were, Mm -hmm. they were, you know, there was no physical touching. And uh, the, um, so anyway, um, I went through my drawers one day and the pictures were missing. Mm-hmm. And I think my mother, well, there was one of me, which was just my face. And then there was one of me, my whole body. And I think my mother took it. Hmm. What do you think she did with it? I don't know. Maybe threw it away. Mm, probably. But none of her business. Yeah, really? She went through my drawers. But she didn't open your mail. <laughs> she went through my drawers. And I'm really pissed off because, like, I had a beautiful black and white picture of myself naked when I was a teenager. And, I mean, what, who wouldn't want that now? Yeah, really. And, I mean, it was a nice shot, not like, you know, not like a beaver shot or anything. So, like, Tasteful. Know, tasteful. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So I, I put that in the list of all the things that I am still angry at my mother about, even though she's been dead for, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. Can't forgive her? I'll never forgive her. Really? No. no never forgive, never forget? Never forgive, never forget. I mean, I'm trying, but... So anyway, Susan, um, it was it was really fun. It was really <laughs> interesting having you on today. I hear some air quotes around that. No, no, I think this is good. Okay. It'll give us something to talk about. It will. On the way home. Absolutely. Back to the studio. Because we're walking. We won't get lost. 